Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. Your suffering will be legendary even in hell. Central Maine's best comics podcast by default. Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Hey, welcome back. We're here. We're doing it. Oh, bring it away from you a little bit. Oh, it's sorry. too much. Oh. We're, we're peaking. Or maybe I just need to turn the mic down. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Because we're doing a different setup this week. Yeah, we're. it's that time of year where we're at the kitchen counter. <laughs> After watching a terrible Stephen King movie. <laughs> we're on that island in the sun. Oh, it's an island, all right. Uh, welcome, everyone, to our annual... Oh, I got to bring that energy up. Welcome to the annual drinking game that we do here on the show. Every year I question the wisdom of this. <laughs> Which, because you're like, I have a job. And I'm like, yeah, I have a job. Forward facing. We'll do our disclaimers up right now. Jared is of legal age. He is also not driving tonight. He has a ride to and from his house. So whatever alcohol he, gets, he consumes is as a legal consenting adult where no drinking and driving is present. No, this is my favorite slash least favorite episode. <laughs> so we break the... The traditional format. We're not going to be doing, you know, our five segments or however many segments there are. Instead, we just we do a Halloween thing, and we're going to walk you through that with some kind of drinking game. This yeah, we, we our, kind of banter back and forth. And this is our fourth or fifth annual one. I don't really remember. I could have looked it up. I didn't. I think we've been doing it every year since the inception of the show. But let's start with what the game is this week. Also, if the sound quality isn't as good, it's because we're in a cavernous space <laughs> versus our usual, but we need to... I'm in know. a deep pit of emotion. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Every year, this feels like a good idea until the show starts. And I know. I'm, like, I'm ready for this. I, I, I prepped this. I know you did. You the, you put more prep into this show than you do any other show all year long. That's not true. That Justice League one that I did took me like four hours. Then, or the uh, time you read that really shitty James Cameron <laughs> treatment for and, a Spider-Man movie. And the Snyder bros came at me. Oh, well... Better you than me. But what we're doing this week. This week we are doing Sleepwalkers. Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. A movie. We're going to walk you through that film. I don't think this is very clean. Then I'll get you a different shot glass. It's okay. No, no. You can have the boot now. All right, fine. I'll drink from the boot. You've upgraded to boot. I'll boot it. See what I did there? The University Bartending in Gray Street in Portland. 1-800-YOU-CAN-MIX. Well, since I don't think anyone's ever drank out of that in 10 years. Yeah, it's probably dusty. Oh. Now you just have a boot. Yeah, a boot shot a dirty streak on the inside of it. Probably hasn't been used since the last time we did this. But since we were doing a uh, interesting Stephen King movie, we're going to yes. start this off with a series of ten questions, ten Stephen King questions. I'll be qui- over the course of the show. I will be quizzing Jared, and no matter what he gets, we drink. So get ready for that. If he gets the question right, we will drink half a beer each. Okay. If he gets it wrong. We'll be doing a pumpkin pie shot, which I will explain when we get to it if he gets any of these wrong. Who knows? I mean, my wife took... I wrote this quiz today, and my wife took it, and she got 100%. All right, well... So that's the bar that you're starting from, 100%. Well... So to kick the show off... Oh, I already have... Those are my movie notes. Those are your movie notes? Yeah, to kick the show off. Okay. For our first question, this is multiple choice. And they're all about Stephen King? They are all Stephen King-related questions. Okay. Because it's spooky season. It is. So to start off our game, question the first. The line, the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed, was from which book? Was it A, The Wastelands, B, The Gunslinger, C, The Dark Tower, or D, Drawing of the Three? 
see, I feel like this is a trick question because it's the Dark Tower series. I'm just going to go with Dark Tower. Uh, the Dark Tower is the seventh book of the series. I'm sorry. It starts with the gunslinger. God damn it. You and your you and your trick question. It wasn't a trick question. They were all Dark Tower books that I listed. All right. So now I got to make this drink and I got to do it one handed. Yeah, I'll just put this down. This is bullshit. I knew it was from the Dark Tower series. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> do you even know how to make this? Or are you just going to throw random things into your mixer? Nope. This is a recipe that I found on the internet. Um, and we're altering it slightly from what it's listed as. So for this pumpkin pie shot, what we are doing is we are taking Maine's favorite alcohol for some reason. Fireball whiskey. One part that. I'm dis- <laughs> this is not good. If you f- I felt like that was going to be the easiest question. Uh, they're not really ranked in easiest. Okay. One part vanilla vodka. I'm afraid that this is going to be tasty and I'm going to like it and... Well, you're not driving them. See, I've already spilled alcohol. That's why we're not doing it on the wood. We're doing it on the counter instead. One part... um, This is where we start altering a little bit. It's supposed to be one part pumpkin spice Bailey's Irish cream. Well, we don't have that uh, easily locally. See, I'm worried that it's going to curdle the creamer that you have. That was from a different thing. So instead of Bailey's pumpkin Irish cream, we're going to do Ryan's Irish cream, which is, you know, less than half the cost. I'm not going to do quite a full. Oh, I switched units of measurement. <laughs> oh, God. Well, they should be the same. This is already. And then. Already put, off to a. Put a little bit of pumpkin spice a dubious, coffee creamer. A dubious start. To substitute for the Bailey's pumpkin would, spice. Would it be Irish right to say cream. it's off to an auspicious start? Is that the correct usage of that yeah, word? You could say that. Careful. Don't spill the, the pumpkin creamer. Basics everywhere will cry. Yeah, you can take this home after this. I don't want it. And then just a little bit of that. Watch this shit start to curdle. You might want to cap it. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to cap this stuff because I imagine I'll be going back to it. <laughs> Thanks for all the confidence. All right. All right. One for me. One for you. All right, there we go. First shot. Mm, That's quite delightful, actually. That's pretty good. Wow. I I got what they're going for. All right, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) One shot in. But before we get to Sleepwalkers, let's talk Bond. Yes. Have you seen it? It's got a nice aftertaste. I can totally get the pumpkin in the back end of it. Yep. There's a lot of spice to it. There's the. Oh, it's this. It's the fireball. These will go down easy. That's what scares me. <laughs> I might just start getting them wrong on purpose. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I saw a Bond. No time to die. It's finally time to die. It's like a year and a half late, and it's, you know, he's at it. Because remember, like, so long yeah. ago when he hosted SNL to promote this movie? No, true, yeah. Because that gave us the meme, ladies and gentlemen. The, the weekend. weekend. Yeah. That's my favorite Twitter account. You know why? Because when that tweets, it's the friggin' weekend. I think Rami Malek's going on, like, next week on SNL to promote it. I did not watch this week. Literally, Kim Kardashian. I'm like, hmm, pass. Anyway. I'm not watching that shit. So don't spoil it for me because I do want to see it. I am not going to spoil the movie, but I will talk in generalities. Um, I liked it. Thumbs up, thumbs down? Yeah, on a scale of Bonds, or the Daniel Craig Bonds, it's like Casino Royale. Great movie. Quantum yes. of Solace. Boo. Boo. Spectre. I, or not Spectre. Skyfall. Skyfall. Great movie. <laughs> yeah. Spectre. Boo. And now we're back on top. We got that Star Trek formula. Every other one is good. Okay, so this is... Okay, so I think Skyfall is probably my favorite Bond, my favorite Daniel Craig Bond movie. Better or worse than that? Um, Worse not being a good term, I guess, to say. Like, would you... This one, it, I mean, that movie is just The Dark Knight. This movie is unapologetically Bond. 
I love that. Ex- I mean, I mean, there's some definite updates for like kind of modern stuff. Like he's the least horny he's ever been. Like his sex life's on par with yours now. That's sad, really. <laughs> like there's still like glamorous girls that come in and do like glamorous, beautiful things, but then he's just like, "Hey, I had a respectful time working with you. I respect you all around. Farewell." Why do you Why do you say that? Like it's a bad thing that I treat people like that. Oh no, I'm just saying numbers wise. Oh okay. I'm not saying quality. I'm saying quantity. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Very little sex for him in this movie, which is fine. Oh, well. And I guess um, the elephant shrunk in the room is, hey, if you wanted to know the exact size, shape, and contour of Daniel Craig's penis, this movie delivers. Well, then. Like, I swear to God, he was tucking fabric underneath it to make it more pronounced. Oh, to, to bulge it out some? Oh, he was self-fluffing before that scene. Well, get a pump on, as <laughs> yeah. they would say in the industry. It's just one of the. There's just one shot of like he's just in a boat, but it's just like here's terry cloth and nothing else. Like, hmm, Terry, like, there it is. <laughs> All right, so no time to die. Yeah, was it a good end to the uh, Daniel Craig Bond run? Yeah, I'd say overall. Does the do the credits end with James Bond will return? Uh, they do. I didn't stay through them. We looked it up on the internet. Okay, and said, great. We can leave. I don't know. That's Bond talk. They also, they bring back. I mean, it's so reference heavy, and it's not like I'm not like the world's greatest Bond scholar, but I'm like, ooh, it's that thing. Ooh, it's that thing. Ooh, it's that thing. The jetpack. There is no jetpack. Damn it. There's a lot of cars that do flips, but sadly they don't have slide whistles this time. Ah. <laughs> Which is too bad. Whoop. I mean, he's in Money Penny's office chucking things around. I'm like, ooh, it's like the hat. Ah, yes, Money Penny. Or and I'll bleep this one. Oh, that's a. Classic. Yeah, that was, I was like, all right, we're doing that. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> I'm all for that. Bringing it back, baby. It's the 60s again. All right. Well, I guess before we dive into Sleepwalkers, it's time for question number two. All right. <laughs> I'm 0 for 1. You are. Question number two. What bizarre coming of age moment happens in It? A, do they all watch porn together? B, a Paul Bunyan statue gives them advice. C, they all have sex together. Or D, they find a dead body. Oh, that would be C. Yes, they all have sex together. It is indeed. Yes. Because <laughs> that's just part. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for reaching across the counter for that. I mean, I really kind of wished it was Paul Bunyan gives them advice. How cool would that be? The Paul Bunyan statue just like. There is a Paul Bunyan Boy, statue. Hi, kids. He does come alive in the movie or in the book. In the movie? I don't remember. Like the one from Bangor, the Bangor Paul Bunyan? Yeah. It's going to be hard to get an angle on this poor because I only got one hand. Hi, hi, kids. I have a blue ox. I said ox. <laughs> great. Yeah. Got real cold one night. Real blue bell situation. Oh, wow. All right. All right. So because you got it corrected, you got your bell, we are just doing half a beer. But we can sip it. We don't have to chug it, right? Yeah. You don't have to. Ch- I'm not making you chug the beer. Oh, okay. Excellent. The beer is the reward. All right. Thank you. And by the way, since it, it is. This has a fly in it. Our Halloween episode, it is. Uh, we're drinking Shipyard Pumpkinhead, making it real Halloween Yes. If we get to the next question, you haven't finished it, then you got to kind of. Oh, that's fine. Down it, but All right. We got a few minutes. One for two. Mm. Delicious. Yeah, if you want to keep score, you can, because I'm not. Well, I am going to. All right, fine. I'll, no, I'll do it. All right. I've already lost, because... I'll give you a check mark. Emily got it. Emily Emily got a 10, and I got... You're at 50%, I'm at 50% right percent, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk Stephen King's Sleepwalkers, the 1992 movie. King, a few times, has written screenplays without anything pre- previous to it. There's no book Sleepwalkers. There's no short story. There's no nothing. Although a couple of elements do pop up from previous King uh, works, but we can get into that. So yeah, written by Stephen King for the screen, for nothing else. 
It was the first, yeah, like you said, yep. not adapted from anything. Directed by Mick Garris, who King apparently loves for some reason. Uh, Mick Garris has done a bunch of Stephen King adaptations. He did um, Bag of Bones. He did the Stand miniseries. He did the Shining miniseries. He's done this. There might be more. That's just the stuff off the top of my head. But apparently he got the job off of Psycho 4, which was a TV movie, the last Psycho movie, which I've never seen, but I've only heard good things about. All right. I don't have an, I haven't seen any of the Psycho sequels. But apparently the fourth one is supposed to be but like you just, the second you best You recently one. did a rewatch of Psycho. Yeah, and I don't feel the need to watch 2, 3, and 4. No, you don't. <laughs> so there's that. Maybe I'll get to them eventually. But okay. I'm not in a rush. But that's kind of our basic premise for this. So... How does the movie open? Oh, you're asking? Yes, that was oh, the question. Yes, uh, it opens so with reading. Did you hear how my voice went up oh. at the end? Oh, yes, but it opens with reading because that's how Stephen King movies that we've watched this month begin. With reading, talking about sleepwalkers being a vampiric space cat, space cat pretty much, that, are, that have one natural enemy. And then we have an opening montage of Mark Hamill. It's not a montage. Back here. Yeah, there's... Well, no, the montage of the cat figures throughout history comes after that. But we're in... Um, Bombay Beach or something like that. Uh, Bombay Bay. Yeah, and out of nowhere, in an uncredited, uncredited, I've had one and a half drinks at this point. We did have one beer during the movie, but only one. Mark Hamill is uh, in, in there with with a mustache and slick back yellow hair. He's there to go to a crime scene where there's like fifty dead cats. He's like, ah, someone hates cats. Yeah, clearly. And that's it. And then the dead body comes out of the uh, the closet and it screams at you. Yeah. But that's it for Mark Hamill. Dead body with braces and a rose behind her that ear. I mean, I mean, it, in reality, it means like, oh, it was like a teen girl. Yeah, but like even adults have braces now. It's always weird. I know people have braces who are adult. I don't trust that. Why not? They want straight teeth. It's just weird. I'm whatever. It's not a big deal. No, it's, it's a weird look. No. I don't support their life choices. Whatever. I wish, There's a lot of things that I people... wish their parents were richer when they were you young. You made some life choices I don't support, but you did it anyway. Yeah, and sometimes you go, well, you did it. And I go, that doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, see, I'm just saying. <laughs> Those who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Anyway, um, from there, we uh, transition to an opening montage of Cats Through History. Yeah, we kind of A lot of Egyptology there. And... So I did look up how Mark Hamill ended up in this movie. Yes, please tell me. Apparently, let me... I screenshotted this bad boy. Okay. It's not just in my regular notes. Ah, because you were taking notes during the movie. I'm sorry. You're just on your phone. And well, because you're on your phone. I I'm was waiting doing. For, I'm waiting for your update. Let's go. Sleepwalkers featured in, features an uncredited Mark Hamill performance that was only added at the last minute after audience screen tests to help introduce the mythos of the cat creatures. That wasn't me. That was their broken sentence, not me. Ah. Director Mick Garris called in a favor to his friend Hamill, who he'd met at his first job as a receptionist for Star Wars. Oh, okay. So the director was a receptionist for Star Wars. Weird, right? No. All right. Then we get into the meat of the movie. All right. Literally, the meat of the movie. But I guess before we get into the meat of the movie. Oh, can we we'll just... We'll say we meet our main, our main character, Charles, who is <laughs> fawning over a yearbook and carves a T into his arm for Tanya, the... Woman he's smitten with. Yes, this definite high school age kid. Yes. Not in his mid to late 20s. All right, I guess it's question time, isn't it? It is indeed. Finish the beer. Good thing you delayed that for 20 seconds. All right. All right, question the third. In 1999, what almost killed Stephen King? Is it A, a van, B, drugs, C, a hunter, or D, a truck? It would be a van. It is a van. There you go. 
You got to grab another beer. I'm going to I'm taking the bell cuz you're bad at ringing it. You're right. <clears throat> I don't ring your bell. 2 for 3. My percentage is improving. Yeah, as I recall, he was walking along the side of the road and uh I can't remember if the driver was drunk or not, but the driver hit him and sent him to his ditch and almost killed him. Yeah, that's pretty accurate to what happened. Yeah, King, yeah uh, in he, Maine. Yep, he would take daily walks, and then one day uh, he was doing it, and the guy came around the corner, hit him, and his hips were facing the wrong way, and <sighs> the guy came out. He's like, yep, they're not supposed to go that way. Did you see uh, a picture? Stephen King was at the Freiburg Fair this weekend. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. He had... <laughs> I want to find the picture. He's ordering like something from a food truck or a food stand, and he's got like cash in one hand, like one bill, and he's got a massive wad of cash in the other. Yeah, I mean, he's very rich. Yeah, he's not want for money. Uh, yeah, that guy died a few years later. He was back on the road in like six months after he almost killed Stephen King. And I uh, know, I shouldn't say I know someone. When I was working at the store, every third person coming through the door would either tell me how they knew Kevin Eastman or how they knew Stephen King. And there was some deli owner saying, like, oh, yeah, he used to walk every day. We'd see him all the time. And after that, like, he basically just disappeared. I worked for him for three years and never saw him. You did. Which is weird because, like, he would I, pop into the studio at weird hours. But I almost gave a question of what is uh, Stephen King's radio station, but I thought that was too much of a gimme. Yeah, WZONWKIT. Yeah, see, that's why I didn't do it. Yes. Because <laughs> um, that was too much of a gimme. No, but I mean, he did. He and Tabitha gave great uh, yearly Christmas bonuses, like like fifty, seventy five hundred dollars gift certificates to like area restaurants. One year it was the Muddy Rudder. Yeah, that's my previous neck of the woods. It's a good restaurant. It's fine. I mean, it's great. Whatever. I don't need to <laughs> talk down businesses. <laughs> but there we go. Two for three. Your percentages is back up. Woo! All right. So Charles Brady and his mother who are space cats, Yes, travel from town to town as they keep on using their vampiric cat powers to suck the life force from you and feel the need to move on. Specifically, virgins. Yes, I forgot that detail. Specifically, virgins. You're right. Yes, which scares me because it's been so long, I may as well be classified. (laughs) Uh, Where do they get their money? Because they keep on buying big houses. That's a good question. Probably they take it from the person that they sucked the soul out of previous. Probably not, because they're virgins. I don't know a lot of rich virgins. Well, they kill other people, too. I mean, a lot of people die in this movie. Yeah. A lot of people die. But I'm like, oh, man, who has the most cash? It's not virgins. Tim Tebow. (laughs) You're right. Way to find an example. Thank you. (laughs) That guy from The Bachelor. Oh, yes. From all my Bachelor knowledge. It basically ended right there. You don't need to look it up, because then he was problematic, because I guess he was, like, weird and stalkery and abusive. Then he's like, but I'm gay instead. That, well, I don't know. So I'm, you don't need I'm to look it up. It up. <laughs> I'm just documenting what's happening to me tonight. Oh, you're, you're doing a Snapchat? Yes. Anyway, continue. <laughs> to be fair, this does look pretty bad if you just looked at it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just the sea of bottles. It's a lot of questions. So someone's be like, okay, so I see booze, and then they're just pumpkin spice creamer. What's that all about? Well, uh, the reason we're doing it this way last year is because last year I spent over $200 on booze. That's true. You did. Including Midori. That's also true. Which I guarantee you I will don't not know. pass my lips again. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm wondering what you're going to do with all the extra fireball you have after tonight. I don't know. This is going to sit there forever, <laughs> I guess. I think the answer is drink it, by the way. Well, I think the answer is we'll have friends over, we'll drink all the beer, and then go, what's left? Oh, I guess there's fireball. Okay, so when you mean you have friends over, next time I'm over and Mike comes over. 
<laughs> so pretty much my birthday. I'm looking at my birthday. Am I hosting your birthday? Uh, I don't know yet. We'll figure that out. <laughs> Great. All right. So Charles and his mother. There's. I mean, cats. you've got darts. You got a fire pit. Got cornhole. You got cornhole. I don't got. I got a regular cat, not a space cat. That's true. So not only these are these two space cats, because we'll see them in their pure space cat four, which is kind of slimy and it's not a very good costume. Um, this is also the reason why I no longer say stay classy space cats at the end of the show. I would like to say they are also mother and son. And did I mention they bone? Oh, they fuck. They bone a lot. Yeah, they're um. And for some reason, when they do it, it's all some kind of like neon color expels. What's up with that? I, What's I up had with a neon cat. Cum? I had a middle school history teacher once who um, I was working for doing the baseball fields in town. And he had a phrase and it really reigns true. This kid is hotter than a four bald tomcat in heat. Oh, these cats are in heat. Yes. By the way, when I figured out we were watching Spacewalk or Spacewalk or uh, Sleepwalkers, I wore my uh, world's best cat dad t-shirt. For this occasion. Yeah, because you'd like to think about cat aliens fucking. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Okay. Oh my god, the Wikipedia is so fancy. They're human-sized bipedal cats. <laughs> <laughs> I just have this open as like, I have my own personal reminder. notes and I have yeah. Wikipedia, like the plot opened up. So no, anyway, I mean, you've got... Uh, I can't even read what that says. R-O-7-E. That's what that looks like. So you've got Mr. I almost called him Thomas Brady, which it's not Tom Brady. Although the way that he threw for five touchdowns today. Unrelated to anything. Yeah, well, he maybe he's a space cat, okay? Maybe he's a mutant space cat, and that's why he has longevity. So importantly, there are two space cats. There's the mother, yes. who I am just going to refer from this point on as the Borg Queen. Yes, same actress. Because that's who she is. Yes. Also, looking good. Yeah. And then you've got Charles. Charles. Chuck. Who is played by... A guy who... Yeah, go ahead and say his name. Brian Krause, who spent the opening night of this movie in Orange County Jail for unpaid parking tickets, and told him he would serve a 45-day stint and gave another prisoner his lunch so he wouldn't tell the rest of the population he was the star of the number one movie in America. That's incredible. (laughs) That's phenomenal. (laughs) That's what I did on my phone. He also, I was looking up his filmography after we watched it. He only has a dozen movies that are like 35 or 40 that have Wikipedia articles attached to them. Fantastic. Uh, For some reason that is unexplained, these two um, incest space cats... Because he has unpaid parking tickets. That's that's the reason right there. Well, that's his his private weakness, but... Would you say his prerogative? No. I just... I don't know why I quietly burped into the microphone. Can we talk about that was a good joke? Purr, like cats? No, I understood. It wasn't good. Okay. Um, It was the cat's meow. But... (laughs) Fucking hell. <laughs> For some reason, you know, when you usually are dealing with genre fiction, there's some kind of weakness that you have. Superman has kryptonite. Vampires yes. have a stake through the heart. Yes. The incest space cats, regular cats. Feral cats, mostly. <laughs> no, they all had collars. Yes. <laughs> they just like to congregate. Just regular cats can kill them. Who she's trying to capture with a with a bear trap. Yeah, in their yard, all the cats are attracted to them for some reason, and their yard is lined with bear traps. But which, also, sometimes you could just very um, aggressively snap their necks, <laughs> which we see a few Later times. in the movie, yes. Yeah, just a bunch of bear traps in their yard. So, and my response, like, because clearly, like, the dead bodies of the cats don't seem to bother them. I'm like, why not just get a 22? That's a good question. Firebomb that. Well, it's a nice line. You, work hard. you don't want to have little bits of lead in your yard. 
Well, they're just going to move after they use their cat-sucky vampiric powers. This is a weird movie. So Charles, who is clearly smitten with Tanya. Yes, the local movie theater. Sweeper girl. Yeah, she works the the counter. She likes to dance to 50s music while um, almost masturbating. Roller, she's roller cleaning the carpet with the. It's one of those old, like, dirt devils from the 90s. Yeah, but it's not electric. It just, when you roll it, it, dirt devil had. Yeah, exactly, yeah. They had the non mechanical ones as well, so she'll just dance around. Well, cleaning the carpet and then. Pretending to almost put her hand down her pants. Yeah. And then she'll get startled by uh, Charles, who's. um, (laughs) We never go back to the fact that he carves a T into his. I talked about that. I know, but he still, he carves a T into his bicep. It just says Tanya. After meeting her like one time, by the way, in class, you know, massive assumption on his part that she's a virgin. Like the way that she that's like true. Actually, how do they know they're yeah? Like, she, we, don't, he, we don't talk about that. There's like he just he never she's a virgin. yeah he never asks like, and she clearly is like thirty. Well, also it's like typical Stephen King like thirst lust. Speaking of thirst, she has tremendous skin lust in this movie. Oh, yeah, everyone's real horny in this. Yes, in fact, he even says, Stephen King's in the movie, and he says horny and pervert three times <laughs> each. But, but since uh, we're talking about being thirsty, I think you should finish that bad All right. boy up. All right, here we go. Are you looking at my questions? Because now they're just lying in front of you. Well, I'm trying to look at the next one, because I, no, I can't read your handwriting, first say, of all. Ha-ha. It's like Sanskrit. Question the fourth. What was the first Stephen... Oh, you could also read the questions that are written on the back. This yes. is double-sided. So you yeah. can see nine and ten ahead of time. I'll forget about them when we get there. Question the fourth. Okay. What was the first Stephen King book to be adapted to film? Is it A, The Shining, B, Carrie, C, is for Cujo, and D, Firestarter? The one that had Drew Barrymore is like a little one. And it also it's bad. I want to say it was Carrie. It is Carrie. Yes! Killing it. Ha-ha! <laughs> We're not doing Woo! Maybe I made this quiz too easy. She's clearly not, because I got the first question wrong. I really had to... I struggled with that very much so. All right, we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe I might have made this too easy. That's okay. That's more than okay with me. All right, new beer, or half a beer. It's uh, quite a bit of head you got there. Because I'm pouring it just at a... Four- I can't tilt the glass. Do you want me to tilt your glass for you next time? No, Because I'm going to get another question right. Oh, okay. <laughs> now you're fucking feeling it. I I certainly am. I got the little tingly in my cheek right now. All right. So, Charles, Charles Brady, he's obsessed with Tanya. He finds her at the movie theater. He's like, hey, can I drive you home? Or he says, can I give you a ride? That's true. He does. There's a lot of innuendo in this movie. She also has a go-to movie, like movie thing, like her cliche in this is she always bites her lip to look like, like discount Molly Ringwald, really. It, I was gonna say it was the '80s. It wasn't. It was the '90s. '92, to be fair. <laughs> but still, like her go-to move whenever she flirts with this cat, it literally cat, but she doesn't know yet, is to bite her lip. Yeah, because that's and that like seductive, but, like playful grin. That's a what's sexy. And she's like, I can't go out with you. My dad drives me home. He's like, Oh, I guess I'll see you in class. And by see you in class, hide around this dumpster as your dad drives away and like walks out. He's like, You will be mine with your acid-washed jeans. You will be mine. No, he just he once again just says I think Tanya. You know, this is right before like the whole Oh no, wait. When was the Tanya Harding stuff? Was that 92, 93, 92? I don't know. I don't. Oh, remember. okay. But then he goes to class the next day and he's in this uh writing class with um Tanya. Yeah, well I was going to say with the um, Well, he says her name too, but by, by the way, really bad technique on his part when he's like, "Hi Tanya." And she's like, "How would you know my name?" He's like, "Well, I'm in class with you." Also, really bad exposition. 
Actually, it was decent exposition when you really think about it. They snuck it in there pretty well. I think that works. So anyway, no, yeah, so he's... There is a portly teacher teaching yes. this um, advanced writing class, and... Uh, he recites about the Nightwalkers. Sleepwalkers. Sleepwalk. What the fuck ever, okay? And how he feels how he feels alone. There's only two of them, and they yeah, this, flee from community to community. This movie almost tries... What are you looking at? I never noticed a little little thing on the bottom of the microphone there's a little yeah, knob if i want to yeah uh plug it into the laptop that's a usb port no no there's like a little dial oh yeah okay thank you anyway but there's this portly teacher who, who's in you know teaching this creative writing class and he, charles writes about the sleepwalkers and everyone's like oh this is really good and the movie almost tries to put them as like oh they are sympathetic characters like they're alone they go from town to town so yeah, anyway, he pretty much writes a narrative about his life and but, how they go town to town. And But they're not sympathetic. Like, later on, he's just such a weird, crazy, uh, attempted murderer that's like, no, you're not a sympathetic character. You like, the don't part, pretend you, you are. You left out the part where he almost rapes her, too. We're not there yet. Okay, well, you're just saying attempted murderer. But the teacher likes to, like, you know, wrap people's knuckles with rulers, and he likes to get, like, weird and oh, crappy, yeah. like, twist people's ears. There was a different teacher that was twisting an ear. I know. I was just combining the, the clearly, school. Clearly school in the 90s was outrageous. But, early 90s. Early 90s. But Charles leaves school and this teacher follows him. And he's like, hey, I checked your transcript. The town that you said you came from, it's not real. What? But here's the There's weird, a hoax. I feel like he was also... Here's like, the weird part. Okay, you're skipping over a whole segment where Charles takes Tanya home. Like, Charles drives her home. They hang out in her bedroom where her underwear is everywhere. It's 17 places. She keeps on kicking it everywhere. Yeah, she, she is just, clearly. She is flinging just yeah. panties everywhere. Panties, bras. And, he, and, you know, the mom opens the door on him. The mom also way too cool about the fact that this random boy is in her daughter's bedroom with the door shut. I just think she wants her daughter to have a happy and healthy sex life. Well, I mean, whatever, still. I wish that for everyone. So what is the teacher doing the whole time he's sitting there, like, when he's inside? Like, he's not... Rep- like. Clearly, he knows something's up. Why does he not report this to somebody? But anyway. Well, now that you've jumped away from that, I guess we can go back to the mother scene. She's like, oh, what are your hobbies? He's like, oh, I see you like rubbings to rub rub gravestones. I'm also really into rubbing. And she's like, oh, what kind of rubbing do you like to do? He's like, oh, I like to do number five rubbings. Yeah. Well, with with uh, not with powder because it gets everywhere. Yeah. Just like sand. Yeah. (sighs) Don't damage my microphone. Don't damage my ears with that (laughs) shitty joke. But yeah, there's a lot of um, you know, rubbing is an innuendo. But yes, the teacher follows him in his little Hitler bug. It's Volkswagen. Volkswagen Beetle. Punch buggy. Whatever. I'll reach across this island and punch you. Don't do it. Punch buggy blue. He's like, I know that you fake your paperwork and blah de blah. There is no such place as Paradise Falls, Ohio. I don't so, think there's any place in Ohio that's really got any paradise. Certainly not Cleveland. Although I've never been to Cleveland, so I can't really talk about it. I have been to Ohio though. It's supposed to be terrible. Cleveland rocks, so I'm told. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember the Drew Carey show, too. Yeah, it's also home to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And apparently the largest collection of original comic art. Oh, so maybe Cleveland doesn't fully suck. Mm. Football Hall of Fame's in Canton, Ohio, going there next summer. All right. <laughs> Just so you know in advance, you have to look after the cat, and I won't be on the show for a week. Great. But Charles keeps on trying to get out of the car, and the teacher keeps on shoving it shut. Like, what is he trying to do here? It's almost like he's going to be like, suck my dick or I'll tell your secrets. Well, he's got a really nice blue Pontiac Trans Am T-top. Yeah, yeah but while the teacher is um, shuts Charles's hand into the door multiple times, Charles then rips his hand off 
turns into a cat. But by the way, he says, we need to keep our hands to ourselves. Or as the Wikipedia would tell you, a bipedal cat. Yes. <laughs> Where cat? <laughs> Where cat? <laughs> then the teacher, he hands him his hand back. He's yes. Like, Here's yours. He was running into the woods. Yeah. Hits a tree and then Charles... Um, Mauls him. Pretty much. It looks like he's supposed to like maybe be like biting his neck or like sucking his spirit out, but he's clearly like a foot like above him and just dancing like a maniac. Oh yeah, he's you know, my cat does that to me sometimes when I'm asleep, and now I'm really unsettled by it. Well, and before things get real wild. Oh no. Because this movie's gonna get real wild. Are you saying that I have a wear cat in my house? No. Okay. But I am saying that you have question the fifth. Okay. Lisa Simpson's husband in Maximum Overdrive. Oh, yes. His name was A, Dennis, B, Travis, C is for Curtis, or D, Stanley. It was Curtis. It was Curtis. Curtis! (laughs) I was hoping I was going to get you with that one. I went with a lot of is noises. Noises? Names. Not doing a lot of shots yet. No, but this could be a volume problem here in a minute. Like, just... (laughs) Like, I just have to pee. Yeah. Seriously. I got a few more shots than you, I think. Oh, you don't know that. You don't know that. I believe in myself. How, how long into the show are we? 39 minutes. Oh, God. This is going to be a long show. Good luck editing this. It'll be done early. All right. Now you're the loser on that poor. <laughs> so he's dead. Yeah. So the tra- teacher is dead. What was the teacher's name? Mr. something? Mr. Ferris? No, Mr. Fallis. Oh, Mr. Fallis. Yes. His name was just a dick. Yeah. Well, he's. He's certainly stiff now because he's dead so charles drives home he's feeling real ambitious so he's speeding around in his trans am and he drives by this cop who you know how sometimes cop have canine units feline <laughs> not this one yeah there's a cat yes and his name is clovis but the, like the uh the police guy in in like the the sheriff's deputy rivers He's like, motherfucker. He's like, he's like, he's the best character in the whole damn movie, by the way. Oh, he's having fun with himself. God he's having right. fun with himself. He's having fun with this cat. He's having fun saying motherfucker. Oh, yeah. And there's a car chase of... An excellent car chase. I was say, less than epic proportions. Maximum overdrive. He goes on, they're like going 90 down these back roads. And at one point, the cop does pull up next to him. He's like, pull over, motherfucker! And the kid, the kid, yeah, he gives... Charles flips him off. Charles gives him the big old bird, and then... But then Clovis. Clovis is like, listen, you motherfucker. Clovis pops up in the window, and and I think the greatest scene of the movie, it's arguable because it's going to get a lot crazier before it's done. Charles turns into a giant... Uh, with 1992 special effects on a limited budget, by the way. Charles turns into a giant baby. So I, I need then to, multiple versions of big incest space cats. I need to ask you a question. Why was he a big baby? Well, oh, speaking of big baby Glenn Davis, did you see the kind of trouble he's in? Yes, I did. Anyway, yeah, don't defraud the government. <laughs> That's their job. And I saw his Instagram response video, which is amazing. So this was in 92. The Stand TV miniseries comes out in 94. Having also not watched... By Mick Garris. Having not watched, so maybe there's a correlation here. What is it with Stephen King and and face like the faces of people like shape shifting? Like when you think about the stand and Randall Flagg and how his face morphs several times throughout the course of the miniseries. Like is that just a classic Stephen King thing where no, Mick Garris just loves to have a big baby face and then you're a incest space cat and then you're a different kind of incest space cat. But 
like the face morphing that happens in Stephen King stuff. Is that like it's not really common now? Okay, if that's what you're asking, not particularly. Okay, only only when this guy directs. <laughs> yeah, Mick Garris loves a transforming face. It comes out of nowhere. It's not explained, and it's the best part of the movie. Unless you want to say the end of the movie is the best part of the movie. Oh, the end of the movie is pretty damn cool <laughs> too. Will, yeah, those service revolvers are quite explosive. <laughs> Even <laughs> that one part where they, eh, like you've seen the movie before and you still were shocked by. Some damage done to one of the characters. Yeah. So Charles does the thing to get away. Uh, he also um, wants to run over a little girl at a school bus stop because, you know, he's sympathetic and inconspicuous. No, he or- floors it. He <laughs> mats this thing. He wants to run over this little girl. Yeah. And damages Trans Am and, more importantly, kill the woman. And by woman, I mean girl. Small child. Yes. He doesn't know. But then he pulls off to the side and he becomes dim. And this is something interesting because the power to make yourself dim has popped up in a few Stephen King books. And it's one of those like, oh, are you like kind of in the overall oeuvre of the world? I guess so, because we have a power that's now, going question, sideways. Is it just the word dim? Because the man in black is also known as Walter O'Dim. No. Okay. It's not, it's not that at all. All right. Come on, you got to be impressed. I knew that. There's also weird. Um, Fine, don't be impressed. Rose images, like where they like to kill the people, they like to put a rose in their ear, and a rose is a big dark tower thing. I don't know. It's all connected. Maybe your man likes all those kinds of things. He likes to make people dim, or in this case, basically invisible. So anyway, this is all leading up to, by the way, a date with a Tanya. date. Yes, Tanya and their first date. But he gets home to the cemetery where he's gonna rub one out. Yeah, but before that. Before that, he gets home, and the poor queen is like, oh, my favorite son, my number one son, you're home. Don't you love your mom? Because he's like, I have a date. And he's like, I'm hungry. I need you to bring me this virgin so I can eat her. But you can't fall in love with her, and I'm jealous, so let's have weird, glowy sex again. Yes, but after she finds a massive gaping wound on his wrist from the door shutting on it. Does she sew? Just sews it shut. Well, only after they had sex. <laughs> like They had sex first, and then... Sew it up, sewed it up first, and the most <laughs> we've both had a couple of slurs already. <laughs> yeah, but was like just an incredibly unsettling scene. Sex, yeah. But then they pan over to the mirror, and it's wet cat people having sex. No, no, we're not doing the lewd and cat people movie. <sighs> the thirties, baby. Um, yeah, it's gross. It's weird. The suits are terrible. They just look moist, moist cats. It's a wet cat. Well, Charles is going to take Tanya on their date. But before they go on that date, I think we should reconvene her questionnaire. All right. Question the sixth. I think we're timing these about right. What is the top-selling Stephen King novel of all time? Is it A, The Stand, B, Carrie, C, It, or D, The Shining? Would you like to hear them again? I believe it's The Stand. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. God damn it! Wow, you peaked on that. Uh, no, the answer is The Shining. Yeah, what the fuck ever. Okay, pour it up. And the way to think about that is because The Stand and It are just such monster books. They're a little intimidating. The That's Shining, fair. The Shining is much shorter. All right. Let's see how much we have left in the old... Not enough. Got to pour more in there. Oh, 
All right, hand that bad boy over. Uh, okay, here comes the boot. Here comes this. All right, thank you, sir. One for you. One for me. All right. All right. Slanja. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it kind of went down a little sharper this time. That's all. Same mix. I still think it's tasty. Oh, it's, oh no, it's fantastic. It's delightful, actually. Maybe I'll keep that pumpkin spice creamer. Do it, dude. And <laughs> just live my life drinking shots of this. Wow. My wife just looked at me going, no. When is she going <laughs> to do one with us? The next one I get wrong, you're drinking with us. She, yeah, All right. Be- because we are upstairs, she's just sitting in the corner yeah. knitting, kind of like shaking her head at this whole endeavor. Oh, so next one I get wrong. <laughs> she's like, stop talking about cats fucking. Well, next one I get wrong, she's also doing a shot. You just start doing it intentional. Uh, to be, uh, oh my god, yeah. the next one is my favorite question. Okay, now. all right, you let's go for it right now. Just two in a row. Let's go. Fine, two in a row. All Number right. seven in the short story, "The Low Men with Yellow Coats." How does Barbie Garfield escape from a pedophile? Is it A. Punches him in the dick. B. Throws a duck at him. C. A cat bites his wiener. Or D. He cuts him with a cheese grater. Throws a duck at him? It is throws a duck yeah. at him. <laughs> that's, that's my <laughs> this sto- I mean, it's a good story. It's a Dark Tower adjacent story. Yeah, grab a beer. Um, but it comes out of nowhere. Like, this kid is, like, having this, like, real issues. Like, he has a father figure, and he has issues with his mother, and there's this girl that he's in love with, like, this kind of young kid. And he's taking a nap by a pond and this pedophile like he wakes up and this pedophile is like i'll give you five dollars to let me suck your dick what the fuck so the kid because he's by a pond just taking a nap picks up a duck and chucks it at him and then he runs away <laughs> and it's the most random thing in the world I'm like yeah just throw a duck at that pedophile that's my favorite guess i've ever had on any <laughs> throws a duck at him can we talk about how i was like throws a duck at him all right, it's good for me. Isn't that the weirdest fucking thing? It certainly is. That's why I guessed it. It has nothing to do with anything else in the book. I'll suck your dick for give you five dollars. Ducked. <laughs> Quack. That's <laughs> just chucks a duck at him. Awesome, dude. That's c- tremendous. Oh, that's my favorite question of this because <sighs> I think that might be the. Uh, end. I have no more story specific things. I had the. Weird sex scene in it, and I had chucked a duck at a pedophile. <laughs> That's great. Uh, that question really quacked me up. <laughs> what a random... It's maybe one of my favorite Stephen King moments ever because it's so random. Uh, he just throws a duck at a pedophile. <sighs> wow. All right. Well, anyway, we go the, back the, to... The mind of Stephen King. Yes. Greatest imagination of our time. We go back to ducks. We go back to the date though, and Tanya talks to her parents before she leaves, and she sneaks a bottle of wine into the picnic basket because they're going to a seminary. Seminary? Mm. Cemetery. Oh, we've been drinking. They go into a cemetery, and of course, whenever you go to a cemetery, that screams to me, "Time to have a picnic and make out," because they start and, getting it on and give it up to the first person I've ever had sex with in a cemetery. That's what she's planning. She had one goal. Oh, excuse me. She had two goals. Well, it is the boneyard. T- <laughs> <laughs> Come away! No, that was so bad. Can he say no. that the cemetery is the boneyard? No, that was so bad. <laughs> I can tell we're getting drunker. <laughs> Jesus. That was... You know, actually, I give you credit. That's one of the more funny things you've ever come up with on the fly. 
That's a top. That's in the top ten. And I've known you for a long time. Like what, sixteen, seventeen years, eighteen years, <laughs> whatever. So they start to get it on. No, like I'm legitimately proud of you. I'm gonna drink. Don't be proud of this. I'm not proud of the joke. I'm proud <laughs> of you. Just sitting here surrounded by bottles, going <laughs> uh, boneyard. Boneyard. So they start getting it on, and he turns into a. It's not the only headstone going on in there. Right. Uh, he turns into a space cat, but not like the full slimy well, one. Just the one where like his face kind of gets scrunchy and he gets like, a little cat like nose. Like Judy Dench in the movie Cats. <laughs> sure, like Judy Dench in the movie Cats. Well, not just her, but all of the cats in the movie Cats. I tell you what, though. Wasn't Idris Elba in Cats? Yes, he was. Okay. I haven't seen that. But remember, remember, somebody got paid lots of money to digitally take out all of the cat's buttholes that they had put in initially. I do remember this. Anyway. So he turns into a cat and he starts because she like they start to uh, they start to get uh, well physical feisty frisky if you will as in cat food frisky yeah I know I, you okay. don't need to explain it well, I understand I'm not it's not for you it's for the people that are listening that might not understand it anyhow uh, and she's starting to have second thoughts about this this is a big moment for her and she's like no no and he's like too late here we go turns into a cat. Then she stabs him with um, a corkscrew through the eye. Yeah. Apparently, they're very invulnerable because he gets very upset. He's like, ah, look at all this blood. My my mom's going to kill me. Yeah, because it's on his shirt. Yeah. And he starts to chase around. He's blood like, does not come out easy. He's very, it's like, you're thinking about this all wrong. Just think about yourself as lunch. That's really not how I want to be thought of ever. So a, she hits him with a camera. She brains him with a camera. Runs away, finds the cop. Well, no, this is be- he comes back to life after that. Well, yeah. Clearly, nine lives, right? Mm. If you could go back and like maybe like check and see how many times he should be dead, does it equal nine? Well, I mean, I know where it lands at the end of the movie, but she runs out of the cemetery, and the cop with Clovis is outside waiting because he sees the blue trans am. He's like, "Aha, I got you." She's like, "I got you. Gotta get me away from here. He's not human." Blah blah blah. He's like, "Hang on," and then he. He, meaning um, Charles Brady, stabs the cop with a pencil or a knitting needle. I'm not sure. Some kind of wood cylindrical object yes. into his ear cavity and goes, ha ha, a cop kebab. Not very funny. He was, he was very pleased with himself. But unfortunately for the cat man, the cop is not dead. Yeah, the cop shoots him in the back and goes like, oh, I don't think you fired a warning shot, officer. Mm. Takes his gun away from him, shoots the cop. The cop's dead. Where did the grass come from? I mowed the lawn yesterday. It was probably somewhere. Why is it in the glass? How did it end up on my mouth? I don't know. Okay, anyway. But then, motherfucking Clovis. Clovis (laughs) comes out of nowhere, and smoke starts coming out of the back of... This guy, Charles' Charles's head, yes. Yeah, like he, Clovis is going to town, like fucking biting his neck, scratching his face, like get, getting all up in his stuff, which just results in this actor, like kind of just throwing a puppet around his face. Yeah, pretty much. It's incredible. It's fantastic cinema. And he is steaming. Literal steam is coming off of him. Smoke. Well, and, I mean, have you ever been scratched by a cat? Uh, I mean, the cat, our cat when he was like a kitten, like when we were playing, but not like violently scratched. Yeah. Uh, it hurts, man. It burns. Do you steam? I get steamed up. I'm like, great. Anyway. Terrible. Not good, but yes, I understand where you're coming from. By the way, in James Bond, the biggest laugh that happened was like, I guess, spoiler. It's not really a spoiler. When he he kills like the 
physically deformed henchman as you do in every James Bond well, movie. Well, yeah, they did, yes. He throws out like the one liner for uh, a kill. Oddjob wasn't really physically deformed. I suppose not. He just had a spinny hat. Yes. He was just a larger than average person whose hat was a razor. Yes. But the one liner that Bond gives, the audience like exploded with laughter, and it's one of the worst fucking puns. I love <laughs> I, can imagine. I love good James Bond puns. Oh, it's awful. But Charles gets away, he gets in his Trans Am, fucking drives off, freaking out. He's like, I'm steaming from a cat. He gets home, and he is messed up. Yeah, he's he's screwed. And the Borg Queen is like, hey, you know. You're my only son. The, the cops, they know where you are now because you didn't get the girl. They're coming for us. Can you make yourself dim? And he can't. And she decides it's time to go on a rampage. But before she does that, we cut back to our cemetery with uh, a cameos galore of horror-related people. Okay, well, we have Stephen King. We do have Stephen King. Who's talking about, like, these Stephen these King, horny it, kids and perverts coming into my cemetery. I locked this up. Uh, yeah, apparently he's, like, the night security guard. Yeah. And he keeps on trying to, like, tell people that it's not his fault and just keeps on walking from person to person saying, like, perverts! Perverts! Perverts and horny kids. I have never been horny in my life except for literally every sing- single thing I've ever written where I am constantly horny. I'm the world's horniest man, I Stephen if, King. I don't know if that's true. I mean, some of the stuff you've said in the time we've known each other. <laughs> that's what I have in my notes. Um, but who do we got? Sorry. What the fuck are you watching? I was just I checking in on the NFL. I looked at my notes for one second. I was checking in on the NFL up. scores. So we have John Landis as a lab technician, Toby Hooper as a forensic technician, and Clive Barker as another forensic technician, along with Stephen King. What do I know Clive Barker from? Horror. It's all horror. Or as, you know, the layman would say, horror. Or horror? Horror. He's not the guy that writes all those... Oh, it's Clive Cussler. He writes all those, like, novels about boats and ships and warships and stuff. I I don't know who that is, but yeah, different guy. Okay. But a murderer's row of horror-related pe- horror-related people. Yes. How do you say it? Horror. 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 Or. No, it's... Or whores. <sighs> Emily. No one could hear that on mic. You're can just you looking say, at me. Can you say orange? Orange. Orange? Orange. 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 Hey, he said it! There you go. Wow. Orange. <sighs> You're a useless piece of shit. Horror. Words I can't pronounce. Horror. I also say mom. Like, ma. Mom. No, not m- mom. It's just ma. 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 Hey, ma. Ma. Hey, ma. I don't really hit O's. <sighs> There's a joke to be made. I just really can't come with one right now. Ow, why did you punch <laughs> me? For that. For what? <laughs> I can't come up with one right now. Yeah, <laughs> That was good, actually. <laughs> That's why you got punched. Anyway, you're a mean drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess speaking of, it's time to move on to our next question. All right. Well, you've got a lot of drink there. Oh, shit, I do. i got to drink all the last drink. Mm, problem solved. Okay. All right. Question number eight. All right. What Stephen King adaptation was filmed in Maine? Okay. There are a number of them, but there's only one of them on this list. All right. Is it A, Pet Cemetery? B, The Mangler. That's one about an evil laundry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, C, The Lawnmower Man, which is about a guy who uh, eats grass and praises some kind of Greek god with a blood fountain. Wow, I didn't know there was a Stephen King book about you. (laughs) Or D, Creepshow, which we have watched. That's why I want to say Creepshow. 
I'm sorry. If you're going to say Creep Show 2, there's a the third segment of Creep Show 2 was filmed in May. Mother. But the answer is Pet Cemetery. Is Pet Cemetery. God damn, that was my first guess. I know where the Pet Cemetery is. I've driven by it. It's in Orrington. Yeah, well, I mean, guy that we knew, Julio. Yes. Who's uh, brought up in the introduction and also his store is brought up in there. Um, King uh, based the character of Judd Crandall on him. Julio also claimed to the end of his days that the lawyer in Thinner was also based on him. Which King has denied. Wow. Also, you know Thinner? Yes. Thinner. <laughs> That's what they do in that fucking movie. Yes. But no. No, Julio's well mentioned in uh Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. So it was the summer camp we used to work for. That's in Dolores Claiborne. Still, it's mentioned. It is. A couple times in Dolores yeah. Claiborne. So like Calibre. I'm only one degree of separation now from Stephen King. You're two. You worked for him. That's one degree of separation. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to say something else about Julio and all that. What was it? Well, no, I think Stephen King also rented from them. Oh, no, it wasn't that. Okay, oh. there we go. That, But that did get me on uh, my path. So uh, the character Judd Crandall, uh, in real life, he was a guy, Julio DeSanctis. He's mentioned in the intro, a uh, guy that we knew. But apparently uh, he had a convenience store up there. Yes, in, he did. In Bangor. In Orrington. It was in Orrington, actually. Sorry. Whatever. And uh, King, the people of Warrington would be very mad at you if you associated with a Bangor, especially Brewer, but certainly not VZ. I don't think they have Wi-Fi, so I'm not worried about it. That's not well. No, VZ people probably not. <laughs> Warrington people certainly have Wi-Fi. But as uh, in the intro and also within the text, like King mentions, like that he has the store and like uh, he has that line is like you know um, talking about like oh you know watch out for this highway, blah blah blah, like things get run over there. But King would apparently, in the house that he was rent, uh, the, the house that was given to him by the University of Maine, he would go over to Julio's store and write all of his books over there during yes. that period, including uh, The Shining. And I guess before he would give it to anyone else, even before like Tabitha, he'd go do his writing. He'd like do his classwork. He'd go do his writing. Blah blah blah. He'd give Julio the pages of what he was writing, and he'd go, "Hey, what do you think?" And Julio got too freaked out by them, so he never read them. And he was just like, "Yeah, they're great. They're great, Steve. That's awesome." <laughs> Julia, what a man. I used to paralegal for Julio. I don't think I knew that. Yep. No, I was I was his paralegal for like six months. And by paralegal, I typed things for him. There you go. He's like, do you want to be a paralegal? I'm like, don't you need training? He's like, nope. You're just going to type things that I say. <laughs> what a man, Julio. So, anywho, Charles is on his way out. He's, you know, Clovis has really got oh, to him. You forgot I got that wrong. I'm only checking off the ones you get right. Well, no, but we didn't... Uh, Oh, you're saying we didn't do the shots? Yeah. Well, thank God you caught that. I'm an honest. I'm, if nothing else, I'm honest. When it comes. Oh, isn't Emily supposed to do a shot now? Yeah, she is. But she's also our driver. Well, if she only has one drink, then I don't think she's doing too bad. All right, Emily, I'm sorry. Have you had the pumpkin pie shot yet? No. I think you'll enjoy this, actually. Have you ever had a baby Guinness? Uh, no. Oh wow! I have, I have Kahlua and Bailey's at home. You need a shot glass. You can't reach them. Oh, the Red Sox are going to extra innings. Oh, you're gonna get yourself with the step ladder. Wow! The Browns lost today. The Browns had 42 points. 532 yards of offense, zero turnovers, and they still lost. First team in NFL history to lose, including the playoffs, 
when either having 40 points and zero turnovers or 40 points and 500 yards and zero turnovers. All right. So joining us for these shots are uh, my darling wife, wow. occasional co-host of different different podcasts. Hey, uh, so we're going to do that other show that we talked about? I don't know. Unclear. Great. Thanks. Great. All right. <laughs> so. All right. Cheers, everyone. The next shot will be the antidote. <laughs> Whoa. It tastes like alcohol. <laughs> I had the bottom of that. You didn't shake it back up. <laughs> You're in a lot of complaining over here. Oy. All right. I feel all warm inside. You really didn't take that as a shooter, did you? Never going to. I legitimately stated that. All right. Where are we at in this movie? My eyes twitching. <laughs> I think this is the most I've consumed ever on one of these episodes. No, last year was definitely more. Or maybe it wasn't. No, no, because we only did like five different ones. It was the year before. Last year was not. Last year was... No, but I came in preloaded last year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you came came in drunk last year. I'm like, for fuck's sake. Yes. Well, I was golfing. I golfed golfed today and didn't drink, knowing that this was going to happen. Knowing? Continue on with the fucking story. (laughs) All right, Charles goes home. He's dying. He can't get dim. The cops are on their way. Yes. I mean, I- including, including Ron Perlman, baby. <laughs> out of nowhere. Who would also, I think McGarris also did a, I can't remember if he did that movie or not. Whatever. Ron Perlman will show up in another Stephen King adaptation years later. And it's not. Don't forget he was in Beauty and the Beast on syndicated TV. Yeah, I, can't, I can't remember the name of that. He was also like Cl- uh, Clay Morrow in um, Sons of Anarchy. He was Hellboy for a while. Looking at the other Stephen King thing. You, you need to, if you want to watch a mediocre to bad horror movie, you need to rent Season of the Witch because it has Ron Perlman and Nicolas Cage in it. You're talking about Halloween 3 Season of the Witch? No, it's just called Season of the Witch. It's like a medieval type movie. I got to go back to like 2005 on I Am. My God, Ron Perlman's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, Ron Perlman is. He's not making this easy for me. I love Ron Perlman. But no, Ron Perlman shows up as one of the state police officers who've been brought in to help investigate the assault of Tanya. Maybe a rapist, by the way. He's yes. um, What? Oh, he's just like, hey, this girl needs a slap on the ass, and I'm happy to be the one to just, you know, spank her. Anyway, moving on. Oh, that's weird. That. Yes, it is. That's why I'm moving on from it. So Tanya's at home taking a hot tub while the inept sheriff's deputy is... Protecting the home while eating a nice meal provided by Tanya's parents, who are clearly distraught that their daughter has been Desperation, involved. that's it. Uh, who directed that? Was that Mick Garris as well? Desperation, that's directed by Jared Richmond. No, it was directed by Mick Garris as well. Loves Ron Perlman. Oh, okay. So clearly Mick Garris is calling in some favors here. I like, um, I've never seen the adaptation, but I do really like that book. Anyway, going back, going back to the story. So Tanya's taking a hot tub and... She falls asleep and then has a nightmare of the cat man. <laughs> Incest cat man. Incest cat man. Incest wear cat biped hovering over her. And her parents are downstairs having dinner. And then all of a sudden, the Borg Queen shows up. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my son Charles wanted to give. Oh, we you- for- no, we left at the part where the Borg Queen Catwoman bites off Ron Perlman's hand. Well, really three fingers. <laughs> he bleeds like, yeah, crazy. And then she breaks his arm. 
and shoves it in his face. Yeah, like she breaks his arm at the elbow. Oh, no, this was after she pulls her out of the, the, the house. I know, but whatever, we can talk about it. Uh, she gets the girl out of the house, shoves some glass in some people's faces, chucks a mother through a window. Yes. It's a good time. But then Ron Perlman's like, hey, lady, drop the girl. And she's like, no. And she breaks his elbow and then she proceeds to hit himself with his own broken arm. In the most stop hitting yourself moments. That's exactly that was the direct quote you said after. Stop hitting yourself, Ron Perlman. (laughs) And then he's dead, I guess. Yeah, he's yeah clearly messed up. And then she takes his gun, just regular service revolver, which I don't know. To be fair, three fifty seven Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world. No, it's not. This is a very tiny gun. (laughs) I don't know what. To be fair, I'm not going to pretend I know what size gun this is. Well, remember, she's a space cat biped were cat. Pretty small gun. Shoots two cars, two cop cars, and they blow up one round, and the cars explode. Like, not a little explosion. Boom. Huge explosions. B-O-O-M, boom. Takes Tanya back to her son, and she's like, hey, look, I brought you him, her, it. My son. She. My son loves to dance. Why won't you dance with him? Data, how long has it been since you consummated? <laughs> do you remember do you remember our song, Jean-Luc? Locutus. There so, we go. We're pulling some we're pulling lines, baby. So she reanimates her dead son. Clearly dead son. I know, he just woke up. He's he's ready to dance. Yes. He can dance if you want to. Leave your friends behind. I've seen that video. Yeah. Well no one will know what you're talking about, no. so it doesn't matter. There was a time that Zach was doing things and singing songs. Vague enough, sure. Yes. All right, but before we get to... What, you don't uh, like men without hats? Before we get to the resurrection. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, it's time. Because we're getting near the end of the movie. This has uh, gone on to be an... Oh, an hour and ten minutes. That's not bad. Well, I'll end up cutting it down, so it'll be less. Yeah. I hate when people bring up time codes in podcasts because it's always less because everyone edits, or everyone should edit. Yes. But let's go to question number nine of oh, ten. Everyone does it. Question nine of ten. If All I right, have to, go. I will yes. write more questions. I swear to God, I'll do them on the fly. No, no, we're fine. Question number nine. Stephen King's personal favorite book is A, The Shining, B, Lisey's Story, C, The Gunslinger, or D is for Dumaki. That's where paintings are evil. I think he likes The Gunslinger. I'm sorry. The answer is Lisey's Story. No! Oh, yeah, because you got a real aversion to drinking alcohol. I got a real aversion being hungover is what I have. You pick this day, not me. Well, I mean, it's better than a weeknight, I suppose. Lisey's story? What's that about? Please in, in, enlighten well, me. Great. Now i got to do this one-handed. All right. Well, no, 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 uh, no. Fine. Fine. No, no, no. <clears throat> okay. I, I can share with you Lisey's story. It was also recently... Um, I can I can do this. ...a series on... Oh, no, is calling me. Hold on. You can you can pour while I talk to... Great. Let history show that uh, you took a phone call, and during that time, I wrote another question. I saw that. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, this is your uh, shot for Lisey's story. As I was explaining what Lisey's story was, his favorite book. <laughs> Lisey's story is all about um, a famous author from Maine who has some kind of extra magical powers about it. Like, he go to a pool where he gets all these creative ideas from, and his weird upbringing. And he dies, and his wife um, takes over kind of his estate. And then some crazed fans are like, hey, how do we get um, this famous main author's stuff published? Oh, maybe we'll cut her nipple with a can opener. Okay. And other things of that nature. But it's it's kind of about his wife. It's good. Um, Tabitha. Yeah, the 
the show that was on Apple TV Plus is okay. I'm not going to give it more than an okay. All right. Um, it feels long, I can tell you that. But the even the book, the book, it's one of the more like, like he goes just like full king on this. He's like, fuck it, I'm going to make up weird ass words and do weird ass things. I'm just going full king on this one. So it's one of those ones, unless you're kind of relatively ingratiated into like what he does, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but it's, you know, it's good. All right. I believe you. All right. Uh, Lisey's story. Now we have another question, too. All right. Where are we at? All right. We're bringing um, Charles we're, Likes to Dance. We're bringing it home. Yes. Charles, the he, dead cat biped vamp, vampire cat. He pops up and, oh, he's he goes full, like, fucking wet, nasty space cat on you. Yes. And they start to dance. And Tanya, thank God he said her name so much, otherwise I wouldn't remember it, stabbed out one eye with a corkscrew. Now that he's like this weird space cat. She, she pulls it out with her thumb. She yeah, claws she, it out with her hand. She stabs out his other eye with her thumb, and he starts bleeding, and he dies. Meanwhile, Clovis and his army of cats, but there are multiple scenes. I don't know how they did this. They literally herded cats. That it's thing that's seriously what happened. Yes, there was a herding of cats. And they are sprinting. Clovis breaks through a friggin' window, dude. Clovis punches, yeah. He punches out a window to get into the house to attack the mother because he's real pissed that his cop buddy's dead. Yeah, Clovis wants blood. He wants his pound of flesh. So, meanwhile, the sheriff of the town breaks in. He ends up shooting off the lock. He gets it. He's like, oh, my God, there's, like, real, like, space cat people. So, while Clovis and she wasn't his cohorts are doing their cat duties to finish hey, off. Duty. Um, thank you. To finish off. Um, forgot his name. Oh. Uh, Charles. Charles. <laughs> Fuck. You can really tell in this one. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no. Oh, so he breaks in. Charles is dead. The cat's got him. He tries to escape, and the Borg Queen picks him up and just... No, it was, it was not Clovis who got his neck snapped. No, Clovis didn't get his neck snapped. No, Clovis is the hero of the friggin' day. We're not there yet. No. The sheriff got picked up by the Borg Queen, and she impaled him on their white picket fence in about seven spots. So oh, yeah, she throws him down after a couple... Well, no, no, you left out some key components. He got his thumb caught in the bear trap. Then he throws the bear trap and it latches onto the back of her head. I did not mention that. Yeah. I got to look at my notes. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, latches onto the back of his her head. At this point, I need him. Yeah. Then, I, then my next line... Uh, my next note was just, fenced! Oh, yeah, he, <laughs> he gets got impaled by that fence. white picket fence. Yes. Uh, then she tries to attack Tanya in the car. Yes. Where are you going? I had a band-aid on my blister and it fell off. I'm back. Tanya is freaking out inside of the police car. I ripped off some of my ankle hair and it hurt. Great. The board queen has been snapping cat necks left and right. Yes, and but enough cats get on top of her that she bursts into flames. She does. Time for a question. All right. Because we're at the almost at the end of the uh, the movie here. We are, and now because I have written a new question down, we have two more questions. Why did you have to write another question? Really? Why did you have to take a phone call? Because it's you always answer when he calls. If he were to call you right now, would you not answer him? No, I'm doing nothing. I'm getting paid. One of us is. <laughs> Sign up to Patreon. Okay, you're getting paid in booze. That's true. I am. All right. What Stephen King book has been pulled from public publication? Yeah, I've been drinking. What Stephen King book has been pulled from publication? Is it A, Dreamcatcher, B, Rage, C, Night Shift, or D, Four Past Midnight? I want to say it's Four Past Midnight. I'm sorry, the answer is Rage. No, you don't get the bell. I have Rage! 
Rage is a relatively, it's not a short story, not a novella. It is its own novel about... Um, That's three misses in a row. <laughs> Rage is a short story about um, a school shooter. The reason that King wanted it pulled from oh, publication okay. that is makes sense. that yes. multiple school shooters apparently like owned this book in one form or another. So he just said, fuck it. Oh. Just pull it. I don't oh, need this right. shit. Well. And um, <sighs> to be fair, it's not a very good book. No, I drank that. There's nothing in there. All right, I got it. Well, you're well, you're describing. I think I I've got the formula down. You've you've seen me do it enough times. Yeah, uh, Rage is um, about a high school shooter. Uh, there's only actually two shootings in it, but it's not good, and it's clearly the writings of a kind of like angry young author. It's not great, and even the way I consumed it because it was pulled from publication before I found it is like even though everything's been pulled, you can just find the audiobook on YouTube. It's like four hours long. Yeah, not a great book, but the only King book that is not in active publication at all times and will never be uh, reproduced again, especially because this was written under the, what's his alias? Richard Bachman. Bachman, thank you. Even if yeah, you, Where were those questions? I would have fucking gotten that one. Uh, um, under the... Under the Bachman, even if you buy a book called like the Bachman books, which is supposed to be all of them, it does not include Rage. Rage is fully out of publication. But you, like I said, you can just find it on YouTube if you're that interested. And it's not very good, so who cares? All right. We got our new shots ready. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think this is the most we've drank on the show so far. Oh, actually, it was the best mix of it yet. That's because you poured more of the creamer in than I've been pouring. Ew, yeah, but there's right. still the same amount of... I like it less. There's ah, still the ah, same ah, amount ah. of other stuff, other... All right. Well, I think there's only one question left. Yep. I'll be All right. Asleep for days. So all the cats show up and they jump on top of the Borg Queen, and they make her so steamy she bursts into flames. Yeah. Like, and it's one of those like there's a stunt person in a costume running around like yeah. fully engulfed. Not only in a co- like a cat costume on fire, full blown like wet yes. cat moist. Thing. And her dying lines are, you killed my only son. You killed my only son. Well, she turns back into a human for that. And yes. it was CG, terrible CG flavor. Because they were worried her. about like, being the only only night, night walkers left. Sleepwalker. Whatever the fuck they are. <laughs> oh, my God. You sleep at night, man. Yeah, we're definitely... Um... And we sleeping well later, I'll tell you that. Got some of the tonic in me. This is the best or the worst. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and then anyway, she bursts that's... into flames. And then Tanya... Uh, with no one alive left that has her just first letter of her name carved into a man's arm. Yeah. She gets Clovis, who's still alive, and she's like, it's just you and me, Clovis. And I'm but her mom is clearly alive, by the way. I don't know. She got chucked through that window. No, but she like got back up on her feet and was yelling. It's just you and me, Clovis. And in my head, I'm thinking, how the fuck is anyone going to explain this to anyone? That's like a very good point. Like When other people come along and like... Yeah, she's gonna like. How does she ever recover from this? Because I don't think she can. And also, they play Enya, and I fucking hate Enya. I do. So. Multi- yeah, multiple times. All right. There we go. At the end of the day, though, better than Maximum Overdrive. I disagree. This is more extreme than Maximum Overdrive, but this is definitely falls under that category of like. I felt like there was a more so bad it's good kind of thing. Yeah, I thought like there was like actual like some character development, but it, I mean it again. It felt like one of those, this would have been better off as like a TV miniseries. It's not good, but no. boys are entertaining. Your boys get wild. Yes. Entertaining, wild, definitely more. But I again, also feel like this is a movie that's been a little bit more lost to history than Maximum Overdrive. I feel like people know Maximum Overdrive, but fewer people know Sleepwalkers. 
watch Sleepwalkers. So, <laughs> like, wild. here's my other thing. Like, Stephen King stuff isn't necessarily, like, some of this stuff that we've done here this month, it's not really scary. It's just unsettling. Some stuff I think would work better on the page. Uh, trucks, like we talked about that before. It's like it's an okay mini book, <laughs> okay short story. A mini book. What yeah. do you mean a mini book? I was gonna say a mini series, and I got fucking trapped. Okay, sorry. Okay, there's no way out of it. So I had to say mini book. No, like it's more unsettling. It's not even like the stand TV miniseries. It's not really horror as much as it's like unsettling. Yeah. It's an okay thing. Whatever. Uh, but, I mean, would you say like the 1994 stand? It's not really horror. It's just unsettling. Storm of the Century from 1999. Captain Trips, baby. Not unsettling. It's not It's not horror. It's unsettling. It makes you feel weird. It's not like... <laughs> I can't imagine why he wrote that right after the ice storm in 98. Can't imagine why. Yeah. The rest of you guys know The Island that. of Little Tall. I still, I really enjoy Storm of the Century. You do. It's good. Uh, well, it's it's okay. I shouldn't say it's good. It's fine. It's another <laughs> another uh, another example of the demonic figure having a face transfiguration in front of people. It's stealing a child. Andre Lanoge. All right. Uh, I guess Give before me what I want, I'll go away. <clears throat> yes. All right. That's uh, space cats <clears throat> doing incest. Yeah, pretty much. So I guess we have to finish with one final question. All right. Here we go. One that I just wrote while you were on the phone. All right. Speaking of which, when we go back to a regular format, if you've got questions for us. Send them, editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. When we get back to our regular format, you'll have the editor's note uh, One of them is, why do you do this episode? <laughs> yeah, that's here. a great question. I asked that question myself multiple times. All right. Question okay. 11. Yes. What King? Uh, what movie did King ask his name to be taken off of uh, going through the courts? Something that he was like, this ain't my thing. Okay. So much that he was like, take it off legally. And they said, okay, we'll do it. And then the um, VHS came out. And his name was back on. And he's like, what the fuck? Okay. So it's a movie he's attached to that he didn't want to be attached to. Yeah. I mean, it's based on, and I'm throwing that in the world's biggest air quotes. Okay. Is it A, Thin Air, B, Creepshow 2, C, Lawnmower Man, or D, The Night Flyer? That's about a vampire with a plane. I'm going to say it's Night Flyer. It is not Night Flyer. I'm, God! I'm sorry. It's The Lawnmower it's... Man. And not even Lawnmower Man 2. It needs more of the mix. It's not enough. You're spilling everywhere. Not everywhere, but... On the microphone. No, only on the cable. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Great. I can't wait to have a sticky cable. Well, you see, there's enough for me. You're going to have to have a... This is for you, sir. Be like an alchemist. It's just making a shot. Oh, I understand. I'll only do half the creamer here for you. I don't even use that much. Whenever I cut these shows and it's always like just things clanking about, I leave some of it, but I usually end up cutting it in half because it's just not interesting audio to hear just bottles going up and down behind the curtain of editing. All right. Last All one. Right, yeah. All right. My wife got 100%. You did not. And would you have gotten that last one? Uh, <laughs> now I get a little bit more. You just basically give me a full other shot. No, oh, there we go. Uh, the remnants. <laughs> oh boy, we drink a lot. <clears throat> I'm gonna try and cut this bad boy down to something listenable. All right. Well, there we go. We survived. Oh, God, we, it's so long. We survived another one. Said nobody to you ever. 
That doesn't mean anything. You don't know that. Anyway, if you enjoyed the show, probably not, because this was really, you know, maybe you did. I hope they did. Uh, go to Editor's Note. Uh, actually, no. Correction. Go to patreon.com slash Editor's Note Comics. A dollar a month gets you the show the day we record it. Uh, and five dollars a month, we talk to you as you are the Duke of the podcast. We'll throw your name out there. We'll sing your praises and all that good stuff as well. You can find Zach on the social medias on Twitter at Editor's Note Comics. Uh, I am full-blown drunk at this point. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I am I am toasty. I'm actually, I'm okay. Really? Yeah. You know, I'm. it's all in my head. I'm full-blown loaded. No, I'm not. I would not call myself loaded right now, actually. Really? All right. Yes. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Junior Rich. Uh, so, we really didn't recap. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Would you watch it? Actually, you, you, yeah, yeah, you said yeah, way more than that. Entertaining as hell. All right, real quick, uh, Jared's sports reports. By the way, Patriots won. They're two and three now, and the Red Sox beat the Yankees. We talked about that, and they were uh, they were tied one game apiece with the Rays in extra innings. Maybe they won. Who knows? Mm, I guess we'll know by the time this comes out. Which Probably will be for like a number of days. All right, next week on the show, it's my birthday week. I don't know. Next week is something. It, it will be my birthday week because we're not. Re- because we're recording a couple days early. There's no Marvel What If. So, um, oh, actually, my birthday is the 22nd. So it's the be right before Dune comes out. Oh, shit. Yeah, it is. Is it Dune? Is that happening? Dune, I well, don't remember. No, we won't be able to do Dune for the show because the show's going to happen before Dune. But it's my birthday week, so we'll, we should we'll, celebrate we'll, anyway. We'll fucking figure it out. Damn All right. right. We'll be back. Get, get out the, no, fuck that Stay shit. Stay classy, Space Cats. Yeah.